Welcome to the Digestible Dynamics Podcast, a podcast for the innovators from the experts. We know that you're busier than ever, and the last thing you need as a business applications innovator is a lengthy, drawn-out podcast where you walk away with the possibility of learning something new. Well, that's how the Digestible Dynamics Podcast is different. Each episode will contain one digestible tidbit about Dynamics 365 that you can immediately apply to your business. With the combined experience of three decades in the business application space, Dr. KJ and I understand that the power of technology is not about the features and functions, but rather the value it can bring to your business to help you transform and drive growth. That's why we'll focus on the most useful things that you need to know about the Dynamics 365 platform. Welcome everyone to the Digestible Dynamics Podcast, your number one source for snackable tidbits that help you optimize your Dynamics 365 experience. KJ, when we think of retail, what is your experience with it? Uh, Have you ever held a job at a retail store? So my experience is buying only. I've never worked (laughs) in retail at all. Probably should have as a kid. I think the, you know, I was 14 and I did a uh, paper route. So um, that that's probably about as close as I can get to retail. But let me ask you truly the same question. Like, what's your experience with retail? I haven't worked in retail. The closest I got when my first job was working as a cashier at Sizzler. So I dealing with hungry customers. But I have the utmost respect for retail workers because shoppers like hungry restaurant goers and restaurant diners, people going to eat, can be the meanest people for no apparent reason. So I have a ridiculous amount of respect for retail and and anybody in the hospitality industry, which is why I try to be super nice because I've been in their shoes. And more recently, when I think about retail and consumer goods, I've transitioned to buying my stuff like electronics, clothes, vitamins, etc., all online. I never would have thought that social media ads would actually get me. But I have to admit, I've made some great purchases from product ads that show up in my feed. And I have recommended those products to friends of mine based off of the ad, so it works. I, and I guess it's kind of like a am an influencer in that regard. Now, <laughs> when we think about those social media ads, has that happened to you? Okay, Mr. Influencer. Uh, but of, <laughs> of course it has. I mean, I've, I've been on the, the great Amazon to buy whatever I need to buy and because I want it the next day. And all of a sudden, before I check out, there's something else that I'm thinking of or it's bundled together. And I'm like, well, okay, if those hundred people bought it before me and they think that it's a good suggestion, let's do it. Right. So I've done that for sure. But the craziest part to me about how retail and consumer goods are using technology are through the ads. Yes, I think I know what you mean. And we're probably on the same page knowing how we work. But I really want you to finish your thought. So have you ever just talked about a product in a casual conversation with a friend? Well, maybe they ask if you've used the product or if you like the brand. You give your thoughts and then you go on about your day. Well, later on in that day, you open up your social media app and bam, there's an ad for the product you were talking about earlier. And sometimes it's kind of (laughs) spooky. I knew it. I knew that's what you were going to say. And yes, that is crazy to me. I mean, it makes sense and I do get it, especially from a technology standpoint and a customer experience perspective. But man, you hit the nail on the head when you say it can be eerie with the digital ads, technologies and strategies that companies have in place. 
Yeah, marketing is really only one aspect, though, of digital customer experience strategy. And today we're going to hear from our retail and consumer goods experts, which you'll hear shortened to RCG about the different obstacles RCG customers face and how Dynamics 365 is empowering them for growth and transformation. So, Kevin, with that said, can you please introduce this week's guest? Absolutely. Digestible Dynamics, I want to introduce you to Richard Riddle. Richard has been working with Dynamics 365 since version 1.2, starting as a full-stack developer before expanding into implementation as a consultant and trainer. He has been at Microsoft as a technical specialist since 2014, helping the largest and most strategic customers transform with the help of Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. When not engaging in Dynamics 365 activity, Richard spends his time with his wife and three kids, as well as the occasional mud run, triathlon, and snowboarding trip. Welcome, Digestible Dynamics. We are excited for this week's Dynamics 365 expert to talk about retail and consumer goods. Welcome, Richard. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's dive right in. When we think about the retail and consumer goods industry, what are the top digital transformation obstacles the customers are facing? Sure. For me, the key word is fragmentation, and it's across a couple of different ways. So, so the first is fragmentation of the markets, right? Especially with COVID and especially with, with a big online retailers, anybody who can make things in their garage can now sell them worldwide. So whereas before a lot of the big stores didn't have competition from little guys, now you have a ton of that. So, so the first way I think that we're, we're stumbling to transform digitally is just the fragmentation of the market. The second way we've seen fragmentation come in is in the tools that are being used, right? A lot of these organizations are growing through acquisition and they don't have consolidated solutions that can help everybody to get the data they need or, or the decision-making they need to do the thing that is that is best. And then the third way that I'll say the fragmentation comes in is, is going to be in the preferences of the customer themselves, right? It used to be you had to call a call center and it had to be within normal business hours. But now with everybody being on, on mobile, the lack of a preferred channel with a, with a retailer is enough for me to go somewhere else. So that fragmentation is, 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 I think, is, encompasses all three of those obstacles on, on how these organizations are going to get from their old style into the new style. That's a very good point where you mentioned where you will stop doing business with a company because their customer experience is so poor. I know I'm in that boat, and I'm pretty certain knowing as KJ as well as I know, he would be the same way. And we're not alone. A vast majority of customers are like that. And sometimes it's as simple as, why am I waiting five minutes for a chat agent to respond to me? I know we have been conditioned for, I would like to call it the Amazon effect, where we want things now. Two-day shipping is even too long, right? So in the context of service, that is a very good point. I think that you hit the nail on the head there. And, and what are companies doing in that regard to kind of meet the customers at their preferred channel or with those expectations? Yeah, so in regards to, to meeting the customer where they are, omnichannel is huge, right? Like, because it, it, again, it used to be that you could you just got routed to a call center, but now I might want to tweet. Now I want to have it in my, in my Facebook Messenger. I want to have it on the channel that I am the most comfortable in. 
So the customers that we have seen the most successful are the ones who can not only provide the right channels, but also be proactive in how they're reaching out to the customers, right? With all the data they're collecting, they know when something is going to go wrong. They know when, a, when an order is going to be delayed. So reach out to the customer on their preferred channel and, and let them know what's going on. And it's that sort of level of experience that's higher than everybody else is what's going to keep the customers coming back. So on top of that, the omni-channel, the hyper-personalization is also going to be critical, right? You, you as a consumer, because you now have the choice, you want to know that you're not just some number or some record in a CRM. You want to know that, that whoever you're talking to has all of the history. So the customers that are the most successful are the ones that, that meet their end consumer where they are and have the right information so they can have a, a good, solid conversation with them. No, awesome. You also talked about fragmentation of like tools, right? Um, mm -hmm. that, that your customers are seeing, right? How many tools in that tool sprawl at their whole environment are you seeing customers use to piece together solutions in RCG? Sure. So, so we're, we're going to split this up into, into probably two or three different flavors. And the first one is going to be in the contact center, right? And, and given how, how I might have a supply chain system for where my order is, I might have an inventory system for which stores have which items, I might even have a, a loyalty kind of system for what purchases somebody's had in the past. So in a contact center, I have those three main systems, but then there might be a dozen other ones that I have to switch through just to get through a single interaction. So right there, we're talking about a, a, an awesome opportunity to bring those things together to provide not only the better agent experience, but then a better customer experience. But the place where I see RCG separate from the other industries is in the physical store itself. What they're using is still very much paper and pencil based, or if it's not paper and pencil based, it's offline because they have no connectivity and no infrastructure in the store. So it's not necessarily the quantity of systems in the retail location that are the struggle. It is the bad, the lack of infrastructure. That is what is causing those folks to have the most pain. So that's how I see RCG different from like manufacturing, for example, or from the financial services, for example, is that you take the person who is the sharp end of the stick from a customer experience perspective and you give them the least capability to accomplish that great experience. So that's where I see that we can have the most impact for sure. Yeah, I, I assume that's a painful process for the customer. And how have you seen that play out? Is that months, years in transformation or is that how quickly does that happen? So the, the times that I've seen it happen, it actually happens relatively quickly. It's one of those like, years and years to overnight success kind of thing, right? Because just the idea of giving a, a store employee a mobile device, just that one quick change, even if it doesn't have all the data on it, it sets that foundation for being able to provide those better experiences. So, and we're talking like you leave Friday with pencil and paper processes, you come in Monday and you have an iPad or, or a Surface Go in your hands. Now, all of a sudden, that foundation is set to, to rock and roll. So for me, that first step is the quickest and, and really lays the groundwork for what can happen after that. This idea of, of slowly changing tools is great as a later stage, but do that first thing, get that mobile device in there, and, and that paves the way for everything else. 
I like that. Almost like a land and expand kind of thing or getting that small win literally with the the mobile device. I, I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Small. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> small but mighty. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, when we think about the hyper-personalization, what I find really interesting is the advertising or the marketing from a digital perspective where we talk about a particular product and I'm not going to name a product because I know that when I do so, it's going to show up my social media feed. Like things like that or being able to predict, oh, Kevin has bought these four different products. He has a high propensity to buy the next one. So we'll put it in his feed. So that personalization, is that something you're seeing in the retail space with people using Dynamics 365? So definitely that that hyper personalization, especially when it can can be a very personal interaction, that's the holy grail, right? That's what gets the increase in basket size. That's what gets the loyalty. That's what gets the the real brand fans beyond just what a regular customer is. As I think about Dynamics 365 and and the biggest plays we have in in retail and consumer goods, customer insights as well as marketing are are definitely leading the charge there, right? Everybody needs to know what their customers are doing. Everybody needs to know how to go from unknown to known. And everybody needs to segment their customers to know that they are marketing to the ones who will have the most impact, right? That is the, the sort of end game for any organization out there. And that's where we're seeing the biggest impact in D365. If you, if you look at, at all the customer references we have for Dynamics 365 within retail, they're all our customer insights. They're all built on top of Azure. They're all getting to that, that state that you just mentioned of how do we get the hyper-personalization without making it feel like it's a, like, like you're just a number in a system somewhere. We're definitely going to touch on that customer insights and the customer success story. But when you talk yeah. about from that customer insights, the digital twin is that, that concept that I know of when I think of customer insights the, as a customer data mm-hmm. platform. At the end of the day, as unique as I am as a person, I know I'm not that unique. What, what do I mean by that? There are people like me who have similar buying personalities that fit a similar profile. And I think that's important for companies to understand and utilize, right? Like they're Mm -hmm. as unique of an experience as as I want. The truth is I fit a profile, a demographic that can then be targeted from that perspective. So my question is in the context of customer insight, how are we doing that? So the the first thing we have to do with customer insights specifically to, to get to that, like who are you and how are you unique is that that segmentation. Right. And, and segmentation can be a hundred different things. And every retailer is going to think about it differently. The, the first part is what is your customer lifetime value? Right. That is the if we had to pick a, a, a one true measure of how you're going to be looked at by by your retailer. It is what is that customer lifetime value based on your purchase history, based on the frequency, based on the, the, the social circle that you have. That's what's going to drive that particular value. Now, once you have kind of that thing, that one number of what they're expected, what you're expected to spend over your lifetime, now we can say, given how often he comes into the retail location, we're going to call him a, a working parent, for example, because you're showing up every day at five o'clock to buy your groceries. Or, or maybe we're going to say you're the occasional shopper, but given your pattern, you're probably buying these things online because you show up to the store, but you spend too long in there to justify the little amount you're spending in the store. Or it might just be that I am a corporate 
like I like I manage a department and I want to buy things for my for my uh, for my team at an office supply store, for example. So they would track you that way instead, understanding that purchase pattern. So once you have that segmentation down, once you know where each of those people are going to fit, you have to make the decision: Do I want to take the lower folks and try and move them up into a higher impact segment? Or do I want to take the, the most loyal, the ones that I think I can grow into the real fans, and then focus on those folks instead? And that's where we're seeing a lot of difference in approach across the customers that we have. So some are very much, how do we get more anonymous people in? Think like your quick serve restaurants, think like your convenience stores. They have better impact just getting more traffic into the store. But then you focus on some of the higher higher end, like luxury retailers, and they want to say, who is the customer that, that we can get to spend the most, to increase that basket size the most? But it all comes down to that segmentation. If you don't have that, you can't do anything. No, I love it. You know, everything you said screams AI and ML, right? So, oh, yes. I mean, can you, can you break that down for our listeners of how that works within this type of environment? Yeah, yeah, certainly. So so the, the first thing is we have to get all of the data, right? Any machine learning model that we have, any, any artificial intelligence we want to put on this, we have to have more data. And, and when I talk about that, I'm talking about if I connect to the Wi-Fi in a store, if I uh, use a credit card but don't put my loyalty number in, if I go to the gas station of a particular grocery store but not the actual grocery store, all of those things are, are coming together. So how we get into machine learning out of just what my standard order history is, that prediction of you did these things over the past six months, we now expect you to do these things. And then like any model, it's going to learn based on based on that reality. So where we are seeing the most impact around AI specifically, I think is around uh, the, the peaks, right? And here in Michigan, it's fall, Friday night lights, football is, is everywhere, especially at the high school level. So how do we get those folks to, to buy more at those times, whether it's for tailgating, whether it's for bonfires afterwards, whether it's for away games, how do we get them the right snacks for those, for those road trips, right? That's where the AI is coming in to really take what was a regular thing and bump it up to that next level. No, I'm thinking of a blanket, though. In yes. Michigan, oh, yeah, yeah. fall time, winter yeah. time. I'm thinking of a blanket. Yep. I need to be warm. Yeah, one of those that blocks the wind and maybe has some batteries for some heating. 100%. Great. Now that's going to show up on our uh, social media feeds. <laughs> yep. Thanks, KJ. Surely will. <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> so, Richard, the last question that we wanted to ask you is around a customer success story. Could you share one with us of a company that's using it today, that uh, Dynamics today, that they're experiencing success with? Yeah, oh, for sure. So, so the one that comes to mind mostly, or, or I should say initially, is Chipotle, right? We all know Chipotle. We, we probably have more burritos there than, than we ought to. And, and they were a very classic example of we know what we do well, and, and, and we know the impact it has on the people who are here, but how do we reach more people? How, like, how do we help out the people who are our most loyal fans? And they had dropped the loyalty program. They brought it in, in in 2019, but were really struggling to see a lot of impact with that loyalty program. So through a, a round of uh, like your typical RFQ, 
right? All of that sort of standard throwing out to the to the, all the various partners, hey, come in and tell us what you can do. We uh, we got customer insights in there and, and we have transformed a lot of the way that they do their loyalty because now they know exactly what people are doing. They know exactly what those segments are and they have the path to provide the most impactful segment with the best rewards and, and the best food at that point. So Chipotle is, is probably the biggest one when it comes to how they're helping to transform themselves from a burrito organization <laughs> into a customer focused organization that just happens to make burritos. No, 100%. Um, you know, love the Chipotle burritos and, and uh, maybe more so the bowl. I like the bowl with the new carne asada chicken sure. that they have. So or steak, I should say. Yeah, the, the the bowl the bowl does give you more food. I have been I have been told. <laughs> I, I I don't know for sure. I'm not measured in my local Chipotle, but I heard that you can get more with the bowl. Yeah, but definitely. Yeah, it's a great story. <laughs> it's a great story a lot because of the COVID stuff as well, right? Mm-hmm. Once COVID hit, the the idea again of meeting the customer where they are, right? The thought of going into a a, a store now and looking at someone two feet away, and be like, "Hey, I want lettuce" or whatever it is you're going to say, like. That goes away. So right. they now have they have a Chipotle lane, which is their their drive through, <laughs> and then they have a dedicated bar just for the online orders, right? But without something like customer insights, you wouldn't be able to make those decisions. You wouldn't be able to understand, except reactively, that you have to fundamentally change the way you're operating your business to stay relevant and to stay with the customers. One thousand percent agree. And Richard, we truly appreciate you jumping on the podcast and and dropping some digestible nuggets for our listeners here. But again, we wanted to have you back on super soon so you can continue to educate us around the RCG industry. Anything else that you feel would be relevant for our listeners. So again, Kevin and I, we truly appreciate you coming on and we look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, happy to be here, guys. Thanks for the invite. And now I'm going to get Chipotle for lunch. Thanks, Richard. Yes, I think we all will. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to Digestible Dynamics Podcast, a show for you, the innovators, with content directly from the experts. While we only cover one tidbit of Dynamics 365 per episode, if you want to learn more, head over to our LinkedIn page by searching for Digestible Dynamics on LinkedIn so that we can guide you to the right resource to help you maximize your Dynamics 365 experience. If you have any other questions, email your host, KJ and KG at digestibledynamics at microsoft.com. Until next time, folks. <laughs>